0: So thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word, which is living and active. Thank you for your word that's um, resonating in our hearts now, your word that's stirring within us, comforting, healing, sometimes challenging, inspiring. Pray, Lord, that we might be able to hear your word and counter you might be able to break open your word to your people tonight, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. Who do you say I am? I remember when I first really heard that question from the scriptures. I was a little younger than I am now. That laugh was, uh, I just left school. And uh, I was just starting out in uni and I came across this youth ministry over in Braddon, close to the uni. And uh, I was encouraged by a cousin of mine to go and uh, he kept encouraging me and then I finally went. I think even Father Ken might have invited me to go and I finally went. And when I went in, it would be nothing like the youth groups now, they were playing this funny sort of a game And I thought I was pretty cool, so I wasn't into games. But what really threw me was that uh, they were making noises, you know. It was some game where, it's called the um game or something, where you make a noise and you try to find your other pair in the game. And what really struck me, and this is when I ran for the door, was a woman sort of trying to make the noise of a starfish. (laughs) And the best she could do was was this. And... uh, And then she said, I'm a starfish. And I thought, and I'm out of here. (laughs) And as I went for the door, an old friend of mine, who I didn't ever expect to be in a place like this, because he was really cool too, and he was standing at the door going, Steve, fancy seeing you here. And I thought, oh my goodness, fancy seeing you here. And thinking, how do I get out of here? And uh, from that moment, I thought, I'd better stay. And then as I began to listen, a couple of the other people there started to share, young people. They were a lot younger than me. They were still in year 12. I was left a year out. You know? They were in year 11. They were just kids. <laughs> and uh, I, um, when they started to share, they started to talk about Jesus. They started to talk about Jesus talking to them. And I thought, where's that door? You know? And uh, I thought, this is really odd. And, um, but I was intrigued by it. And the next week I went back again. The same thing again. People started to share about Jesus and their experience of Jesus in life. And this scripture came up. Who do you say I am? And you know, I just could not get that question out of my head. I remember one day I was coming back from uni. I missed the bus. I was really grumpy. I was walking home and this question, who do you say I am? And it just stopped me in the tracks And uh, what it was, what the, as I understand now, the Lord was asking of me, was, do you know me personally? And my immediate reaction was, of course I do. I went to a Catholic school, I've been through Catholic education, I'm at uni, I'm still going to Mass. Do you know me personally? And I thought, no, I don't know you like those other young people. But I want to. I never said that before. I want to. I want to know you the way they do, because their testimony has touched my heart, you see. It's moved me. It's made me want you. So this uh, question, "Who do you say I am?" is a powerful question that we all have to ask at some time in our life and we need to give an answer for. And today we have the opportunity. There's a grace upon us to make a response to that today, to this call upon us, who do you say I am? I mean, it would be interesting, wouldn't it, if we were in our culture today, if you were ask your friends, your family, who do you say Jesus is? There might be a whole range of answers that people would give. Just as uh, Jesus asked the disciples, you're Elijah, you're one of the great prophets. You know, uh, people say, you know, Jesus is a good bloke, he gave us good good teachings, He he did kind things, he even healed people, he showed some great miraculous powers. But it wouldn't quite get to the question that when Jesus turns then to his disciples and says, who do you say I am? You see, you can't wriggle out of that. I couldn't wriggle out of that question. When I heard that, I knew that God was saying to me, who do you say I am? It's a question that I have to ask, answer today too. Who do I say you are now? Because the answer I give to that, the answer I give to that question affects my future. It affects how I see my world. It affects every decision I make. It affects who I am, my identity. It affects how I see God and my relationship to God. It affects everything. Now when Peter says, you know, you are the Christ, he's saying you are the Messiah, the anointed one of God. They kind of knew what the anointed one of God meant. It meant the Messiah would be the one who would open the eyes of the blinds. He'd call the deaf to hear. He'd make the lame to walk. He'd be able to call the dumb to speak. He lift the yoke of oppression off people's shoulders. This is what they understood the Messiah to do. So Peter sees that in Jesus. But he goes much further than that. He says, you are the son of the living God. You're not just a powerful person and a powerful figure, a sort of an anointed one of God, but you are the son of the living God. That's profoundly different because now Peter has recognised that God is in his midst and now it's about what response do I make to that because I've recognised him as the son of the living God. See, Peter now recognises that as Jesus affirms in him that this wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, this is the action of God. This is the grace of God. This is what God does with our, us in our lives. This is what God does with us tonight. God opens our hearts to be able to hear and respond to the truth of his presence with us, his presence in us. You see, was Jesus just taking an opinion poll back then? Maybe, but he really wanted to know what was in the hearts of his disciples. In our hearts. He's always interested in what's going on in our hearts. Not just in our heads. You know, those deeper longings and desires and deep fears and anxieties that are always there swirling around inside of us. They're the very things that Jesus wants us to speak out to him. And see, when uh, Peter speaks this, this is what becomes the foundation of the church the testimony of Peter. Those young people, their testimony changed my life. Their testimony changed my life. You know, I'm reminded that we are in the, the uh, hundred years of the celebration of Fatima. Anyone remember Fatima? These little kids, she had these visions of Our Lady. And everyone thought she was crazy, even her parents. But Our Lady kept asking her to come back. This was at a time around 1918 at the end of the First World War. These were just little kids, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. And even their own parents and uh, officials in the village were starting to persecute them and saying, You're, you're deluding us, you're, you know, you're putting it on. But every time they met, there'd be more people coming. Every time they're having that kind of meeting with Mary, there'd be more people coming. Finally, there were thousands of people. The final time, there were up to forty or 50,000 people. And they saw amazing sights in the sun. But up until that time, they went through incredible persecution, even to the threatening of their lives. Now, these are only kids of 8, 9, 10 and 11. But every time they were besieged and every time someone pushed harder on them, what happened? They pushed back even harder in their faith. Because, see, a young heart isn't easily corrupted when God touches deep into a heart and spirit. And they pushed back. And these kids became a hope for the world because the world had gone into this crazy mess of a world war, and here, little children were speaking about peace, and to pray for peace in the world, and they had these incredible secrets that of what might come upon the world if if people didn't turn their hearts back to God and to pray. So again, the testimony you see. So tonight, there's a grace for us. We've got to be kind of honest here. When Jesus says, "Who do you say I am?" He's asking us, not what I used to say, not what you did back then, Steve, when you just left school, but who do you say I am tonight, 2017, tonight? Who am I to you today? Because that, what I say about that you know, is the foundation of my life. We as a church build ourselves on the foundation and the testimony of Peter. Peter. He said to Jesus, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you are the rock. You're a frail, broken, fragile rock. But on that testimony, I will build the church. See, the church is not about a lot of doctrines and theology and lots of uh, catechesis and ideas and issues and morality and all those things. The foundation of the church is this, that Jesus... The Messiah is the son of the living God. That's the foundation of the church. So when it goes through all the storms and it's besieged and it's been looking like it's being overwhelmed, we'll always be drawn back to that foundation, that rock. Some use the image of the, ch- of the church being like a boat in the storm. You know, when the storm is blowing the boat all around and the mast is gone or the, uh, the sails are gone, we strap ourselves to the mast and hold on. They used to use that as a symbol of the cross. Because when even all the evil of the world for all generations was uh, poured out upon Jesus on the cross, for all time, all evil, for all time was poured out upon Jesus at one moment in history for all time. And it did not overrule or overwhelm because Jesus rose from the dead and he did not repay evil with evil but he took it on himself in love and allowed himself to be poured out to the last drop of his blood that's why we can confidently say tonight that that blood of Jesus softens our hearts softens our minds gives us hope if we might feel besieged and overwhelmed and small and the roar of the, uh, the voices around us might seem to be kind of crushing. You know, there are so many voices of terror and hate and confusion and uh, loss. And, uh, you know, just uh, there's so much that can sort of besiege us. And... Uh, this is what we hang on to not in some sort of way that maybe it's a halfway bet but this is what jesus comes to us as our protector as our savior he's the one that pours himself out and he's been raised he's been raised to new life new strength new beginning so there's nothing that we experience there's no darkness too deep that jesus hasn't already gone there whether it's in our minds whether it's in our spirit whether it's in our relationships whether it's in our families whether it's when i'm looking into the future whether it's the loss of a job whether it's my health there's no darkness too deep that jesus hasn't gone there and asking us to take hold of his hand and walk out with him this is the rock you know peter is basing his faith on the Jesus who is the rock and then people will base their faith on our testimony. So my question here tonight for each of us is, what's your testimony? Who do you say Jesus is for you? Because that's what people are asking out there. You know, they, they don't really want the answer to all the, the issues and politics and all that sort of thing. They really just want to know what's the truth. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And they will say to you, tell me about your experience of Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. So let's tonight open ourselves to this grace To this gift of faith. The rock of the church. This faith in Jesus, the son of the living God. Let's pray tonight for this gift of faith for ourselves personally. That even now as I speak, there might be a testimony that you remember. That has changed your life. Changed your heart. There may also be a rising in your heart, Lord Jesus, I don't know you as I want to know you. I really desire to know you as Peter knows you and knew you. I want the faith of Peter tonight, that I might be able to stand before you, bow before you as I come to the Eucharist and say, Jesus, you are my saviour, the son of the living God. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, we pray for your spirit, who enlightened Peter's mind and heart to your presence. At Caesarea Philippi, As thousands of years ago, when you enlightened his heart, you are the same spirit that is at work here tonight in our hearts. And Lord, you ask of each one of us tonight, who do you say I am? And Lord, we pray for the gift of faith that you gave Peter to be able to recognise you as the Saviour, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, And that this would transform our hearts, our lives, our hopes, our dreams, our whole experience of life, Lord. That you would touch into the deep places in our hearts where we've lost hope, where there's darkness. And we pray that your light would shine into that place. That your risen love would rise within us. And renew our faith and trust in you. And Lord, did you give us a new hope that nothing can prevail against the church that is built upon the rock who is you. Nothing can besiege or break what you have established. Lord, give us that new confidence and faith and trust in you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.